This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to dive right in in just a moment. But before we do that, you can go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources that are there, articles, uh, books, podcast episodes. Uh, Jim and I were just talking about that. You can scroll through the page and see them. It's, it's laid out well to be able to look back at old podcast episodes. And I would encourage you to do that as we get asked a lot of questions. Hey, have you covered this topic or that topic? Go to that page, scroll through, or even do a search. You should be able to, to find that there. Also, uh, check out the Shepherd's House link. We have tons of pastors who are coming to stay. We're real excited about that. We'd love for you to come stay. It is free if a pastor or a pastor and his wife want to come and stay with us. So uh, keep that in mind and check that out of the website. And Jim, we want to jump right into topic. And this is something that Someone wrote in and asked us about. We've gotten a lot of requests recently. We're trying to, to be able to address them the best we can. So know that we have the list and we appreciate those who give us the feedback. We're going to try to get to some of those topics that you're asking for. This one has been asked about in several occasions, Jim. So we want to we want to make this the first one we tackle. And that is in regard to rest, a pastor trying to rest. We get asked a good bit on how do you turn the switch off? You know, is the probably the way to word that. Not so much, you know, should I take a vacation? Should I take a sabbatical? Those are the questions we get. But what we want to realize is that that you can take a vacation, you can take a sabbatical, and it can be tormenting for a pastor because he doesn't know how to shut his mind down. He doesn't know how to shut down the things that he's trying to, you know, always thinking about, always thinking ahead, and, all, and the way we have to kind of be in mode to do that as pastors. So we want to be able to address how do you turn the, the switch off in a sense. And so I first want to ask you, biblical framework around rest, or even some of the things we're going to talk about on how to shut down uh, the mind that just keeps going. So any biblical context you can give us first, Jim? Uh, yeah, Brian, I think there are several things that uh, come to mind. I mean, even the our Lord's one of the great evangelistic, in a lot of ways it's evangelistic, and, it, and, and in the broader term of it being good news, it remains good news. Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, yeah, and I will give you rest. Uh, the uh, the That he will keep your mind in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon you. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're exhorted to cast our burdens on the Lord. Um, we're told in First Peter 5 uh, to cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. And we'll get back to some of these texts, I yeah. think, as we talk. Those are good texts. Though. Yeah. And so, uh, Brian, I'm going to quote you. You are. I'm going to quote you in your in your in your tweet, and this is really part of the reason for this discussion. Okay, and we've had some of this talk before because uh, I've needed I, I need I've needed help with this, and I I probably still do need help with this. Uh, Brian Croft says, uh, "So many pastors do not know how to rest. I do not mean take a vacation or have a day off. That's a that's another subject. Right, it's a different topic." I'm talking about the skill of learning how to rest and let go of ministry burdens for a short amount of time for the good of your soul. Pastors learn to rest. Mm-hmm. I agree with everything you said. Yeah. But what's missing is how. How? Yeah. Practically speaking, how does a guy who loves the sheep, who cares about their well being, uh, the sheep has a, a burden uh, that's not going away. Uh, it's not leaving them. 
uh, how are you able to, again, we use the terminology that we, 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 we came up with of, of an off switch to be able to say, I need for right now to be able to uh, put this aside for my own sake, not just for the for the sake of ministry, right. like the right. pre- preparation for other sermons, but we're talking about the ability to sleep. You're talking about the ability to engage with your wife and children uh, without being double-minded mm-hmm. or or distracted the entire time because you're thinking about the you're thinking about ministry, you're thinking about burdens, and you're not able to enjoy them. You're not able just to sit back and uh, and and rest and reflect. You're not perhaps it. You're not able to prepare your sermon. You're not able to engage as a friend. Uh, and then also uh, affecting our health. So that's the kind of the yeah. the place we're coming from. Yeah, that's good. And before we get into the the how, which is really what we want, to, the main thing we want to talk about, let's let's think about a couple of categories. One you just already referred to, but I just want to put that as a category in the mind of of pastors, and that's they a lot of pastors think if I take a vacation or I take a day off, I actually am resting. Yeah, and I just want to challenge that. that that's yeah. what that tweet really was doing. Yeah, the fact that yeah, right. Go ahead. So yeah, so I want to I want to challenge that first of all, because a lot of guys don't, a lot of pastors do not, are not any more thoughtful about it other than well, I took a day off, so I rested. Yeah, and in some ways you didn't really. So in some cases, maybe you didn't really. It depends because, what you did because with it, right? your whole mind is all caught up with these other. You you may not have gone to the study. You may not have exegeted a passage. You may not have made a phone call. But you weren't resting. Yeah, I mean, I know I know pastors who who will say, "I take a day off. This is my day for my family." Well, how hard do you work to make sure you're present with your family on that mm. day off, or are you distracted with all the things going on at church? I just want to put that category out there, okay. so so guys know why we're having this conversation. This is not about just skip making a schedule so you have a day off every day, or you you know you take all your vacation time. We've had those right. conversations, right, right, right. but this is a little deeper than that. Um, <clears throat> the second thing I want to highlight is. Just acknowledging that the reason we're having this conversation for pastors is pastors have a unique calling. Those who are full time in the ministry, especially, uh, are have a, a are in a unique situation. This is our occupation. So uh, to have an occupation that never shuts down, hmm. to have an occupation that's twenty four seven, that's one of the things. As every pastor listening is going to know, but I just want to highlight that category as well. So one, this is the deeper aspect of this category is the first thing we want to talk about. But then to acknowledge there's a reason this is hard. Yes. It's hard because that the job's never done, the work's never done. Correct. And, and so I, I want to put that out though so, so guys know, have a, had a category on why this is difficult for us to do. Would you agree? I agree. And maybe, maybe we should just mention a couple of these things. What are the kinds of things... I think they're probably negative and I don't know if there's positive things in a sense, but, but that weigh us down that make it really difficult to shut yeah. the mind off. Yeah, that would probably be good to and talk think, about in a minute. So maybe go back and forth a little yeah. bit. I think criticism yep. is one of those things that can be really hard to, um, when people manifest a, a lack of trust or confidence in you or are regularly openly critical of your uh, public or private ministry. Yeah, like uh, the the cliche is that the pastor got 10 encouraging words and one criticism. And not only do we focus on just the criticism, it's the criticism that usually keeps him up at night. Not, right. I mean, five encouragements usually is like, 
not the thing. I am so moved by everybody's encouragement. I can't sleep. Like that's typically not where we live when we go to bed at night. So it's it's the right. criticism that keeps us up at night. Yeah, and I think your own sense of for some guys sometimes struggle with a crippling sense of failure, hmm. and maybe nobody said anything, but you go through your uh, post game interview, yeah, uh, and, and it's just you. You're you're the reporter, and and you're the guy on the you know being grilled, right, and, right. and you're going through what you didn't say what you should have said the uh, for me sometimes the historical mistake i made or a careless <clears throat> a few weeks ago um uh i really beat myself up a certain ways over it it was it was a careless uh, i don't know how to even describe it it was a it wasn't so much an exegetical mistake it was but but it was close to it okay and I had said something. What I did is I said like this is this looks like a quotation from the Old Testament, but it. I had looked everywhere, I couldn't find it in the Old Testament, you know. So I thought, okay, this is interesting. But what it was was it was in the Septuagint. Oh, and, and it, it and so it was a very very different. And so anyway, I had to come back the next week and you know and 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 apologize for that. But I hate making those kinds of mistakes. Sure, I think that yeah. was really stupid. That was really careless, or you know whatever else it is, and. We can have a, a degree of uh, what are people going to think of you? You made you made a, you made a mistake. Is are people going to lose confidence? You know those, those kinds of things. So yeah. you, you can that kind of criticism. Yeah. So I think that's one category. Yeah, I, great. That's a good one. And I would say just just being burdened for the flock. People are hurting. Yeah. That's the thing. A lot of times that I found hard to shut down uh, as well. Criticisms too. But just when you know people are hurting and suffering, you want to do more for them. You don't know more you can do. But you sit and kind of stir over what can, more can I do or what should I, you know, are they expecting me to do more? And and there's just nothing more you can do in a lot of right. cases. Yeah, there's a burden of love that you're talking That's about right. here. Yeah. And it's a burden of concern. And the sad reality is sometimes when you like, you say you go to a, a hospital room and there's been a tragedy. Yeah, right. A young person has died in a car yeah. accident or maybe they've committed suicide. And you go... At some point, you're, you you have to walk away from that family. They have mm. to go home, and you're probably not going to go home. They're not going to spend the night on their couch. You're not going to be there 24-7. Right. But you know, you know, as you go back to your somewhat normal life, you, you, know, you, you can go home and your kids are there. You can go home and have your cornflakes in the morning. That family is living with this now for the rest of their lives. Mm. And... And there can be a part of it. How can I enjoy rest? How when they're suffering? Yeah, when, when somebody su- yeah. I love is suffering. That's right. So that that's a that's an interesting burden. What's another one for you? Uh, another one for me would be uh, sins in the flock. Okay. Or yeah. what you might um, this expression, which I hadn't heard until fairly recently, ghosting. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And that is, uh, people aren't showing up. And you don't know why people are people have left. They mm-hmm. don't tell you, yeah. uh, but you're one. Are they here? Are they gone? You 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 send a text and there's there's no response. You you, you send an email. There's no response. You call. They don't pick up. You know maybe you get their voicemail and you don't you, you know it doesn't get back and you're just like you know where are they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, those things for me are, are difficult to. That's a good one. I'll shut th- off. I'll, I'll throw one more out there that for me. Uh, was something that really made it hard for me to shut off, and that's financial burdens. Mm. So I, I found myself on a regular yeah, basis being consumed by personal financial burdens, which everybody has to some degree, yeah. and certainly pastors do. And 
but then having the financial burdens of the church and then how they're wedded together. You know, so the, the idea of, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, Jim, you know me a long, you've known me a long time. Like there was rarely a time where as I pastored Auburndale, that there was not a, a season where I'm trying to figure out how do I, you know, how do I make money? How do you know, how do I divide my jobs right. up and all those kind of things? And, yeah. and so I lived in that, uh, I just lived in that burden of financial personal as well as the church. Every year we're trying to figure out whether we have enough money to do what we want to do. Yeah, and you're one of the rare guys that would regularly cut your salary at your church so that I they did. could do something else with it. And uh, I've told this story before, but Brian, you were a legend to my my kids. They didn't before they'd met you. Now, because I just you know, of course, when they met you, it all came crashing down. <laughs> oh, it you know, totally but dissolves know, but, at that point. No, yeah. but when I said you know, that I have a fr- I have a friend, and he teaches what was a piano, guitar, tennis, and martial arts or yep. something like That's that. Right. Yeah, and you were teaching those classes, and I was like, they just thought that was. A fascinating combination of abilities when pastors ask me uh, about how i had time to 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 learn all those things i said i usually tell them why you were at seminary i was just doing some other things you know (laughs) that's a different podcast yeah dad what would you do i'd be a greeter at walmart not there's anything wrong with that that that's that's my skill level so uh, let's you had an interesting theory too So, so let's this i think this is helpful context at, let's move into the how though now. How then do we shut it down? Yeah. And you know, you those texts, especially Jesus' words to us, is the place we need to go to. I think is the answer to know how to. But how, then, how do you how do you do that? Yeah. So you, you had an interesting theory that because as we talked off air, you self admittedly uh, have still have trouble with I this, do. or more, seemingly more trouble than me. Yes. And you had an interesting theory behind that. What, what oh, was that? oh, oh, yeah. It's just because I'm far more sensitive, and you're a lot more hard hearted. Yes, yes. That, that, that was, yeah. That was clearly, clearly so, it. so, it's either you love more than Brian's I do. Brian's very easily distracted. <laughs> I could dangle some car keys in front of him, and he would forget everything right. else. That's Throw a ball near him, and he's <laughs> totally, and he's just totally absorbed in something else. That's no, right. Yeah, but you know, you you've said very often these kinds of things. Yeah, I just turned it off, and I'm sitting there like, how do you do that? <laughs> I think I've developed some strategies. All right. So talk about those. Okay, uh, I'm gonna pro- I'm gonna work from bottom up. So okay. uh, I'm gonna leave the top the top most important thing uh, to come. Uh, but so I'll deal with one, and uh, I'll start with one. One one is I have to be able to communicate my burdens to uh, my fellow elders, uh, and as well as sometimes maybe to some counselors outside of the eldership. Uh, but I need to be able to communicate those things. Yeah. I, you know, am I just talking about it? You have to give some vent. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you have to be able to let the air out of the balloon to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, it's just going to burst if you don't. And so, some men don't. They have very few people they can talk to. Sometimes it just helps. A fascinating study that was done a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm not at all recommending this, but it's a fascinating study of soldiers uh, undergoing PTSD. Uh-huh. They were given LSD or something oh my, like LSD. Oh my goodness, really. Huh. And under the influence of LSD, they would blurt it all out. They would tell, like they, if, if you were told, if you, if they had been asked by a counselor, tell me what happened, they could tell some of it. They couldn't tell it all. Okay. But they verbalized all of it. They told the whole story under the influence of this that's psychotropic really, drug. really interesting. They didn't remember saying it. Huh. But almost all of them had a marked 
mental improvement afterward. That's interesting. Uh, they weren't conscious that they had let it go, mm-hmm. but they let it go. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one thing. Huh. Well, and, and guys, it may not be able to be your wife because you may you may burden her. And I think again, there's that's another discussion we've had in the past. We may need to have it again. How much do you share with your wife, and how do you talk to her about it? But if you don't have fellow elders, you need to find somebody. Brian, I know you, you've been unashamed to say, you know, you've seen a counselor mm-hmm. regularly. And, yep. and were there things you felt free to say to him that you weren't free to say to even to me or to fellow elders or to uh, your fellow elders or to other pastors? Because you have a lot of friendships with pastors. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good question. I, and I think it goes also to what you're talking about, the unburdening of ourselves by yeah. ver- vocally, you know, verbalizing it. Uh, I found when in working with a counselor because I there were my elders were able to care for me. I was able to talk to them about different things and and to your point, <clears throat> the burdens we feel our fellow elders hopefully are those who we can go to and unburden. Especially you think about like I remember you talking about that with your sabbatical, like that helped your sabbatical to be able to know you had kind of unburdened and entrusted your elders to the work, mm-hmm. and that helped you. Um, I, I think what, with a counselor, what I found is. The unburdening we're able to do in a safe place is for ourselves. Yeah. You know, what what are not necessarily I need to talk through all the burdens at church, but like what am I burdened by in my life? And a counselor can be a place to just be able to talk about all those things. Maybe you're not going to talk about all those things with a pastor friend or or with your fellow elders, but you a, a counselor can allow you to to really focus on you and how this these burdens are affecting you. So right. I found that to be a, a helpful way to to do it. I've uh, one one thing that's helped me, Jim to be able to like, and by the way, <clears throat> I, I have, I've worked with a counselor for years. I've done a lot of work around this to try to learn how. Yeah. So I've gotten better so at it as I've worked at it. not just hard heartedness and <clears throat> well, it's lack of empathy? it's certainly that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly that. But there's something else to it other than a hard heart and a lack of empathy. That um, when I started to really embrace this concept that people who you know know me know I talk a lot about, and that's just to to be a human being and embrace yeah. that. Embracing your humanity, your limitations. I found that the the burdens that I couldn't let go of, that kept my mind going, that kept me feeling burdened all the time to where I never rested from the burdens, <clears throat> came out of me feeling obligated. I should be doing more than I actually can. Right, right, and right. That, right, is right. A, that is a crushing no, place a, to it, live. It is. And, and I think a, a ton of pastors, again, it's well-intended. It's, it's, it's out of a genuine love and burden for the flock. And yet, to rest, I believe we have to say, you know, I'm not God, which I think gets to the ultimate point yeah. we're talking about, isn't it? It's right, like right. The, you got to get out of the God business, as yeah, one man said. And, and to go back to those texts in quoting Jesus that you, you know, uh, the casting our cares upon Him. Yes, yeah. Like so, I think I think if we had to get a snapshot, short formula on how we turn the switch off, how we rest, it's a matter of it's a matter of faith. One to say. I'm a human being. I'm limited. That's okay. Yeah. But Jesus can take yeah. it all. Yeah. And I got to. Right, right, I got to right. in faith cast my cares. So vocalizing. I mean, Jim. I used to go on hikes, and I. This is how I learned to do this. I'd go on hikes and I'd sit in the woods by myself, and I would vo- verbally, out loud, share, you know, in prayer to God, my burdens. Yeah. And and that really helped unburden me. Yeah. To go through an exercise like that. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. I'm going to maybe say a little bit more yeah, piggyback ahead. on go that, ahead. but uh, I think I'm just going to 
flesh out something that you had said. So there's an old movie line, a man's got to know his limitations. And we have to know what our responsibility is. So I've said very often during the time of the pandemic, uh, looking at whether you agree with these guys or not, whatever you think is going on with your governor or your mayor or whoever has to make decisions. I thought, what a terrible time to be a leader. What a terrible time but to be I was glad. I don't, I, these were decisions I didn't have to make. And what right. I'm getting at is, what my responsibility? Right. And when I know that's not, so that didn't keep me up. You know, what's right. going on nationally that may keep the president up? I'm not going to keep me up because it's not my responsibility. Right, right. It's not my responsibility to change people or to fix their circumstances. You know what I mean? But I, I don't have the ability to do that. I said to somebody recently, and I can't remember how this came out, but somebody asked me at one point, it tells you where my mind was at this point. Somebody says, what do you do? And I said, I lead a lot of horses to water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what I meant by that, but I can't make them drink. Yeah. Sorry. And what I was burdened with <clears throat> was that they weren't drinking. And well, I think we've said this before, Brian. I've said it at some point or other. We need to recognize we, we give information and encouragement and perhaps consequences but we have no ability to ultimately change a person yeah that's not it's not we don't be, and because we don't have the ability we don't have the responsibility we may have the responsibility to bring consequences but what would keep me at, up at night at times was that the thought and maybe it was an overarching sense of responsibility maybe there was pride mixed in but I thought there certainly there has to be a strategy. There has to be something I can say, some illustration I can give, or whatever that's going to change this. Yeah. The, and even the consequences don't necessarily change yeah. it. Yep. So I wanted to I wanted to say that we have you have to live with the knowledge of your own littleness mm-hmm. and what your what is your duty? Your duty your duty is to bring the word, to be present in times of suffering. But being present and ending the suffering are two different things. Yep. And we, what we want to do is be the one who dries their tears. We want to be the one who brings them that comfort. Now, again, it may be God will use us. God who comforts the afflicted comforted us in the coming of Titus, Paul says. Mm. So maybe we're going to be like Titus to somebody, and we really will be a means of comfort to them. But we can at least be, we can be there, and we may be burdened with that. But ultimately with that, you know, when, when I'm having a conversation with somebody and you realize what they're saying is fix this, fix this, fix this, and, and, and you're having to say to them, listen, I know this is very disappointing. I can't fix this. Yeah. Please fix this person. You need to tell them. Yeah, great. I'll tell them. Yeah. But what do you expect is yeah. going to happen? I, I, I'm, I am not the Holy Spirit. I'm not able to do that next step. Okay, so let's move to the last thing we'll do is just kind of move to some practical tips for you. What do you do in your daily life? That helps you. So we're not just talking about unburdening for a sabbatical or for a vacation. Yeah. Like I think if, what I've learned is if you become really skilled at this, you can unburden as you drive home from the church to be present with your family for dinner and the evening activities yeah. and pick them back. Like it takes a lot of it takes a yeah. long time to get there, but I believe if we can become skilled enough to do that. What kind of practices do you have yeah. to so, do that? So Paul said, you know, that he talked about the the uh, constant anxieties he has for all the churches. So we're not talking about necessarily ridding these things, you know, of all of them. If you care, I mean, you're you're going to have cares. That's right. You're going to have burdens yeah. if you're going to. That's not what we're advocating for. It's just but the ability care. to take them off. So this, the, again, First Peter five seven. I just preached <laughs> on this recently. 
casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Fascinating uh, recognition there. Yeah. So there's two things there. One is the casting, and the other is, is why. So this, I use the illustration, Brian, of a, a guy, of an, like a, a worker working a, a watermelon field. And, I mean, how do, you, how do you harvest watermelons by hand? How many watermelons can you carry at one time? So what you need and what's provided for you is something like a flatbed truck. Yeah. So you pick up a watermelon. What do you do? You don't carry it. You you cast it. You pick it up, and as soon as the burn's in your hands, you you put it off. That's the idea of casting, casting, casting your care. That's helpful. And so every time I feel the burden, I give it. And I give it with the knowledge that he cares for me. And that's it. It is rooting yourself in the love of God. God sees you. God enters into the lord enters into he 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 is a he sympathizes with us in our not in our strengths not in our victories but in our weaknesses mm-hmm. and so there is an acknowledgement of that and there's a hope that comes in that that listen the lord sees he loves them and he loves me and this is a burden he is telling me i want to carry this for you or in some cases with you. Yeah. So good. that that's something it's that constant <clears throat> casting, giving, giving, giving. That's really good. I would though I would say from a practical standpoint, to find a way there's different ways to acknowledge your burdens. If you're a journal person, I would, you know, I would take time to sit in journal and write down and express your burdens to the Lord as you write them down, uh, vocalizing it to someone or even in prayer. Go but as I described that I've done before where I'll go I'll go out by myself and I'll verbally acknowledge my burdens to the Lord. And and there's something to that action. But here's what I want to stress. Figure out what works for you in casting, as yeah. you're talking about. But what I find a lot of pastors do is we're so busy all the time. We don't stop and be still. We don't take the time to unburden ourselves. We, we get too caught up in the ministry and the work of the ministry. Yeah. So... I, the last thing I would stress in all of this, if you want to cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you, we have to stop long enough to acknowledge what we need to cast off yeah. and do it. I, I think we just, the key to rest, regardless of what it is, in my opinion, is this idea that we get, we get out of the rat race and the noise of our life and we have to stop and be still. And that's where I think we can really enter into these things with God. I let's put it this way: I can't do it if I'm running constantly. Yeah, and so I, I think that's that's probably the the main exhortation I want to hear. I want I want pastors to hear as you think about how to unburden yourself. You have to take time to do it, or you won't be able to do it. Um, I'll end. I'll end with this. At least yep. my last thing. Yep. Uh, Galatians six: uh, uh, Bear one another's burdens, and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. Mm-hmm. In order for others to obey that, that that's that's not just us bearing the burdens of others. That's allowing others to bear our burdens. Yeah, it's good. And so sometimes, Brian, there there needs to be. It's, you know, if you if we saw somebody struggling, somebody were coming in here like with a trunk or something like that, and you realize they're 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 really struggling, we would run. We would run, and maybe both of us would go and either take it from them or we would share it. Yep. And between the three of us, we should be able to share that. That's burden. a good point. We need to utilize. For some guys, it's your fellow elders. But for others, it might be your fellow churchmen. And what you might need to do, listen, so like say there's a woman in the church, you're very burdened, she's very lonely, she, maybe her husband has left her. It would be very inappropriate for you to go over there, but you're burdened for her. But you might share that burden with two or three of the ladies of the church. 
and allow them to share that burden with yeah. you and, yeah. and just say, could you, you know, could, could you share a meal with this week? Could you That's come good. alongside? That's good. And, and, and so our bur- we're burdened. They have burdens. We, we're burdened with them and for them. Love, love means you're going to be burdened. Yeah. And pastoring means you're going to be burdened. But we can distribute the weight of that burden with our fellow elders, maybe to say, brother, can you take this one? Yeah. Or, or can you make this call? Or can you have this meeting? Some men I recognize aren't, aren't in a situation like that, don't have fellow elders, but you do have, you should have some other godly churchmen that can come alongside and help you with and, that. Too, and, this practically. The, and this is the place that also just acknowledge just pastoral friendships when you don't have them, you know, you don't have fellow elders or maybe even that many in the church that can, can carry burdens with you. You can't do it by yourself. There's no way you'll last very long. So pastoral friendships, find other pastors, take the time to build those relationships. So Jim, will you take a minute and just pray that, that pastors can can learn to rest in yes. these ways? Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you that you know us all together and you know us better than we know ourselves. And there are times when we are, are, are so burdened, we are numb to it, and we don't recognize the toll it's taking on us or on our families. And Lord, we do pray you would give us this grace uh, to... Uh, take inventory of ourselves and Lord to see those burdens and to articulate them before you and in, in with the knowledge you love us uh, and that there are others who love us and who are willing to come alongside and share our burdens with us. We pray, Father, that this um, obedience might result uh, in a lightening of the souls of your servants and in an extension of their usefulness. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.